0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the SIRS Group Podcast. I am JC. And I am Barbara. Today, we are talking about life with SIRS. It's one of the questions we get asked about the most is, can I live a quote unquote normal life with SIRS? And although I don't think either of us would ever identify ourselves as normal, um, we have been able to do some really cool things, even though we have SIRS. And it's just really at the end of the day, I think it's two things awareness and stacking your tool deck with the correct tools to be able to manage your experience of SERS throughout your life.
1: Yes. Yeah, that. Um, And remember, when you heal, when you go through the protocol, you are undoing years, maybe an entire lifetime of exposure, right? And when you are healed, and then you go into another place of exposure, Walking into a restaurant and breathing in bad air for an hour, hour and a half is not the same as a childhood of living in a damp, gross basement, yeah, or you know and like or having a house with that kind of basement that you go into often. so that's that's a, a nice um the goal is resiliency, and you are helping your body be resilient by going through the healing process and clearing your body of toxins and being aware. Being vigilant, not hypervigilant, but vigilant and doing, um, taking the tools with you, exactly what you said, you know, going with what your your practitioner is advising you to do. Some people take binders, you know, before and leading into and during and even after a known exposure or possible exposure moment. Um, so you can always do things like that. That's kind of tempering the assault of exposure on your own body and uh and getting through things that way. So it's it's these are changes. Yeah. These this is not this is not normal. This is not what you would have done before. However, you were sick before and now you're not. And so that's the way to um to kind of go through life, I think.
0: Absolutely. So before we jump in, just a little disclaimer that Barbara and I are SERS patients. We've read the textbook. We have a community of SERS people. So we have a lot of information about SIRS, but neither of us are medical providers. So you definitely always want to check in with your medical provider for any like medical uh, interventions that you pursue. So none of this is medical advice is what I'm trying to say. Recently, I was talking to a friend, a good friend who was recently diagnosed with SIRS and she was just feeling kind of hopeless um, because she she was just like, "I, how do I ever live a normal life? Like, I just feel like this is going to be my existence from now on. And she was really struggling uh, with this right now because her niece is going to be dancing in a parade at disneyland and it's like once in a lifetime experience right to be able to be there for that moment not only for yourself and have that memory but like to have your niece have that memory for her life and my friend was saying like she knows that the hotel is older and she's really concerned about being exposed and the way i talked to her about it was first of all your wellness is a garden this is how i think of wellness This is like you don't just have your physical health or your SIRS health. Your health or your wellness is a garden of many different plants. So while you might have your physical, you know, biotoxin reduction plant and that needs specific things like not being exposed to biotoxins, your soul, which might be a different plant, needs to be there for your needs. And so how can you maintain the uh? balance of this garden over time and it's it's going to be very individualized like is this experience worth it to me and only you are going to be able to decide that but i will say that at the end of my life i'm not going to regret not watering that plant my soul plant of being there for my family when i need to be or having these amazing experiences and to just give people confidence, like Barbara, you and I have both traveled with SIRS. We've both traveled through treatment. I went to Spain and Las Vegas and England, like amazing things we've been able to do, even though we have SIRS. And it really just comes down to making the best choices you can and having the tools and resources to handle it when you can. not
1: Yep, exactly. I, I think that we've, and we've, we have experienced what re-exposure feels like. And that's part of I think the the tool belt that we should all have. When you start to feel better, this weird thing happens where you can kind of tell when you're not in a good environment. It's trippy. And some people are stronger than others. I remember I walked into a restaurant with JC and um and uh Dr. Christian. <laughs> uh, he's been on the podcast before, uh, so you should know him, but, uh, we, uh, we, all three of us walked into the same restaurant and like you, you felt like a, like a tightness in your chest, right? Yeah. Yes. So
0: I have a lot of vaso symptoms. So if I'm in an environment and I can tell it's moldy, it becomes difficult for me to breathe.
1: Yes. So that was JC's sign. Christian felt this like buzzing in his head. Like, and I, I, I've since experienced it and maybe I had experienced it before, but hearing him explain, like, say that that night made me go, God, that's so, God, that would be a weird sensation. And I have since felt it in a building. So I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is the head buzzing, which is, I love that moment for myself that I was able to identify it. But I walked in that building. I could have spent the whole meal there, had no idea, would have like had a good time. I mean, it was this relatively new, clean, all brick, like, you know, uh, industrial kind of looking restaurant, you know, so it didn't scream old, you know, issue kind of thing, like water damage on the ceiling kind of, kind of building. Anyway, my point is there were different sensitivities there in that situation. And we immediately, we ordered our food. We immediately went outside, we sat down and and had our, our meal. Um, and it was delicious it was so good oh so good um shout out to wild pastures
0: <laughs> yeah wild pastures burger company in boulder colorado like i live in denver and
1: it's actually just tragic that i don't go there every weekend or something because it was so good it's so good i i totally agree i just order takeout apparently um <laughs> <laughs> but uh but i will add the next morning, JC, you and I, because we were sharing hotel room, this was for X. so it was, we were at a conference, JC, you and I woke up with, like, a stuffy nose. So that's, these are, like, little things that you can pick up, and I mine, it might have been from the food, I don't know, I, I mean, like, there's a seasoning or something, but it was so good, it was worth it, but, like, it... It Or it was just that momentary exposure in the restaurant. But these are the kinds of things to kind of look out for. Don't be stressed by them, but just notice like, huh, okay, my nose is stuffy and that doesn't normally happen. I must have been somewhere I maybe shouldn't have in the last 24 hours. And you can kind of play Columbo if you need to, um, unless you are magical like JC and Christian and you just like walk into the room and it's like, oh, nope.
0: (laughs) I will say though that I've had like what I'll call lower grade exposures where I walked into a building and I didn't have that reaction, but like the next morning I would have anthesis in my shoulder. So a big part of my manifestation of SERS is joint pain. And so that's one of the first things to come back for me when I am re-exposed. So I went to New York in June and during that time, like it was a couple of days. And over that time, my, my thesis started to hurt in my shoulder. And so at the time I was just thinking like, oh, I'm not sleeping normally. I'm traveling. But then when I got back and I did blood work, it showed that I had been exposed. And so now I know that if my shoulder starts hurting, I'm very likely in an exposure environment. And then I can pivot from there. I can either decide, okay, I'm only here for another day. I'm just going to, you know, work through it and then get back on binders. Or I can be like, okay, maybe this was supposed to be a longer term thing. I need to pivot and find new accommodation. And it's just information, right? Like, if you can take that biofeedback and add it to your little tool belt of like, this is information I can use to make better decisions moving forward, I think that's a really great way to look at it. Like you said, don't be scared by it, but just look at it very curiously and then take that as a resource for yourself.
1: Right. And similarly, I, there was like a crazy month this year earlier where I went to New York, California, and Austin, Texas, like, all in that one month. It was like a couple weeks apart and it it was exhausting. There's a lot that goes on like in your body. You don't sleep as well. Like you're not eating as well, all the things. Um, And I noticed just a general sense of like being a little bit more tired, a little bit, you know, eh. and what I ended up doing is taking the BCS test to check on how I was feeling. And sure enough, it had gotten worse since I had actually previously passed the BCS test with flying colors. So then I got back on binders. Like it, it's, I will say that re exposure is probably going to be easier after you're done with the Shoemaker Protocol. If you get re exposed while you're still healing, which is where I would consider myself to still be right now it can be like now you've added another month or two to your treatment and that feels more impactful than oh i'm just going to like get a couple months of binders and take them and continue living my life it's it's a little different than you're in the middle of the protocol and your goal is to get to the last step of like vip spray and now you can't do that yet that feels that that's that hurts more right so i would say if And that's a huge if, if you can control a part of your life, if, if you can limit your exposure, probably the more important time to focus on that is while you are actually doing the shoemaker protocol. And that's difficult. That could be a year, that could be two years, you know, any, any stretch of time in that window of treatment. And that may not be possible to fully limit your exposure during that time, but that would be maybe the time to most prioritize it if I had to pick.
0: Yeah, and there are definitely things you can do. Like if you if you absolutely need to travel, there are things you can do to have a better experience of that travel. So for example, I was like, two months into the protocol when I learned that my work was going to be taking this trip to Spain. And I was like, I'm going like, I'm going to Spain. Absolutely. hundred percent. I'm going. Um, But there are things you can do to make sure that you have a better experience. If you have control over your environment, you can choose the location. You know, you can choose the age of the building to make sure it's not too young for VOCs, but not too old, that it has more likely water damage. You can take an air purifier with you. You can take binders with you. If you're past the protocol, you can take VIP spray with you. If you are in an environment, uh, so in Spain, we were staying in this old castle, which is like so cool, but like so water damaged, right? Right. (laughs) So I just, I only slept in the room and i didn't hang out in the room i spent a lot of time outside any amount of time i could spend outside i did and i slept with the windows open it's like how can i make this situation as healthy for me as possible while also getting to do this super cool experience
1: right and that should be your approach in any event like i i recently went to florida and i was there for a couple weeks and It was beautiful. It was very beachy. I was able to swim in the ocean. I did make it a point to get fresh air, just like JC said. but does not uh, negate the fact that it was Florida. (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, the buildings were not safe there. I mean, I'm talking everything from the Waffle House to the Publix to the home I was staying in. Um, I could tell that there was something not quite right. And that's where I started noticing the head buzzing that I mentioned earlier. And I was like, ah, this is it. It's almost like exciting. Like, oh, wait, no, that's bad. My moldy senses are tingling. It's like the superpower you get from having tears. It's so weird. And it's like, it's like this weird, like head buzzing is, if I had to describe it, it's like this weird, um, you're like, kind of dizzy, but like not dizzy, but it's like, I don't know. It's just a weird, it's such an odd sensation. Um, but I did notice a couple of those like classic SIRS symptoms coming back. Like, like I've got headaches more fr- frequently, um, light sensitivity, uh, fatigue. The fatigue was big. Like I just really wanted to close my eyes in the middle of the day. And I haven't felt, thankfully, I haven't felt that in a really long time. So it was, it was nice in a weird way it was nice to get this reminder of what sers felt like when it was worse cuz you it's it's a very much an indication of how far i've come and sometimes it's hard to it's nice when you can't remember how bad things were but it's it's nice when you can like kind of visit it for a second and go oh yeah i'm glad i'm where i'm at now and of course when i got back home i did actually feel better overall um, even without binders in in instantly, but I am taking binders now to uh clear out my system and make sure that I'm good to go. So, so that was my more very recent experience with it. Um, and I hope, I hope some of this is helpful and motivational to you guys listening. If if you do want to go on a trip and you want to have fun with your family, just know that there are things that you can do, like you know, that we've mentioned in this podcast already. Um, To make that trip as safe for you as possible. But I think the most important thing is to kind of when you get there, let go of what you can't control and really practice mindfulness, being present, being in the moment, enjoying that time, make it worth it really like make that your mission to make this trip worth it have as much fun do as much things as you possibly can that your body will allow you to do um and and just lean into that full stop
0: yeah and the way I see it is even if I have temporary symptoms from this experience I'm gonna have this memory for a lifetime yeah and I think that's a really powerful way to look at it. It's like, okay, how can I make this the best possible experience for myself and you know, the location that I choose or the tools that I take with me? But then just like you said, how can I like really live in this moment? to have this memory for a lifetime and make these symptoms worth it, which is,
1: I don't know if that's a really <laughs> healthy way to look at it, but it's the way we're looking at it. Service practitioners that are watching this, if if they are, are so mad right now. They're, <laughs> They're like, like, please bad stop. Bad advice. Uh, yeah. I mean, talk, and talk to your doctor. I mean, that's a really good reminder. Talk to your practitioner about the trips that you're planning, about ways of making them safer. Um, If they really think it's a bad idea, maybe listen to that, you know, they know what's going on in your body um, and, and consider, consider how, how you might be able to alter your plans or postpone plans. There's always that option too. It's these aren't, these aren't um, what's the word.
0: (laughs) I say this a lot, but like the decision you make right now is not the decision you have to make forever. Just because you decide like, okay, this year I'm not going to Spain. Doesn't mean you can't go to Spain next year or the year after that or the year after that. These are temporary, all decisions are temporary ultimately. Like very few things are are that permanent. So, like one of our group members says, having SERS is like having type 1 diabetes and that you wouldn't leave home without your insulin. And so, for SERS people, it's really just about you wouldn't leave home without your sense of awareness (laughs) and your tools to helping you recover from an exposure event. But if I were to take one thing away from this conversation, it's that you can live a normal life with SERS, and maybe even a more meaningful life because you do have to really be present and be grateful for those moments you get to have because you have healed. Right. If you are looking for more support, resources, encouraging stories of really cool life experiences on other people's SERS journeys, you can join us over at thesirgsgroup.com and we'll see you over there. See you there.